0: The Creasecast. Here's your host, Lock in the Crease. What better way to start off the first episode of 2020 than by getting annoyed at all-star choices? No, Um, the uh, I'm just kidding. Welcome to the Creasecast. Happy New Year. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Happy Hanukkah. All those all the holidays that uh that have been going on over the last little bit. Um, it's uh the the Canucks are coming into 2020. Uh, on a good on a good note, having won five in a row, five games in a row, uh, they play Chicago tomorrow. Um, of co- but um, and we're going to get to the the game stuff today. But of course, uh, one thing I wanted to spend some time on is the, the is the fact that the uh, NHL All Star uh, rosters came out over the week over the over over the weekend or on Mon- or It was Monday. They came out on Monday, um, and uh, I I have a lot of questions. The, obviously. Uh, Elias Pedersen makes the team, uh, so that that so you know obviously every team gets a representative. Pedersen is one of them, is the Canucks. Uh, but I have question, many questions. The the biggest one being why isn't Quinn Hughes already an all star? Yes, there's the last man in competition, which you can go vote on today. That was that. I'm not I'm not paid by anybody to say that. I'm just I'm just endorsing my candidate, uh, Mister Quinn Hughes. Uh, but uh why wasn't he on the initial ballot like i don't get that they only have one defenseman clearly they're not using the okay we have to have so many defensemen and so many forwards there's they're not using that format like they have in the past so why why is but why isn't he on there why is quinn hughes not considering he's i believe tied with eric carlson for the most points among defensemen in the pacific division why isn't he on the team it doesn't make any sense. The defenseman who did get chosen was Mark Giordano for some reason, even though he's got I think like half the points that Quinn Hughes has over the court over the course of the season. Yes, I get that he's coming off the Norris Trophy, but that's that's stupid. He, he why is he here? There's no there's no good reason that that Mark Giordano should have gotten picked over Quinn Hughes. Uh, but the one I'm more annoyed about is Jacob Markstrom getting absolutely snubbed uh, by the all-star picking committee in favor of Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury's had like an all right season. He's won a couple more games than Markstrom, but he's also playing on a way better team. The Knights are just so much better than the Canucks. And Jacob Markstrom has only two less wins than he does, and he has a better save percentage. So, why? Why is? Why is he? Why? Why didn't Jacob Markstrom make the team outright? The good news for Jacob Markstrom is that well, and. I, I say that with an asterisk. Uh, Darcy Kemper is hurt. He, I believe he had surgery uh, uh, earlier this week. He's or at the very least he's out for four to six weeks. So there's a good chance. It's pretty likely he won't be there for All Star Weekend. Um, which mean and apparently Markstrom is the likely replacement in that regard but it shouldn't have come down to that like i was expecting it to be darcy kepper and jacob markstrom going to this game uh i don't get why i get that flurry is entertaining and he was fun to watch at last year's all-star game that i was at uh but markstrom deserved it more i'm 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 very upset um, and especially because, again, we come back to the whole, every team needs to have a representative, which at the, the end of the day is stupid. Like, why do the Kings and Ducks really deserve to have anyone at All-Star Weekend this year? No, I really don't think so. It, it, it makes no sense. They should not be here. Bottom line. <laughs> um, but, um, cause the, the big, the thing for me is I, uh, the Knights, yes, flirt losing Flurry would lose. The knights, their representative, but I argue that the knights' representative should have been Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty has, I believe, over 40 points, and he's not invited. And he was not invited to the to the All Star to the All Star weekend, which is ridiculous. Because I think I think Max Pacioretty is more than deserving to go, um, and that would solve that problem right there of not having a knight of not having a knight representative. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense to me at the end of the day. I don't get why. Why they're doing it this way? It doesn't make any way. It doesn't make any sense to me. A lot of players who should be all stars this year are getting snubbed, and it's it's silly. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the The Pacific Division, I would argue, is the most egregious of the the team of the teams that of the the, the all star teams. I think they did pretty all right with the rest of them. Uh, Kyle Palmieri is an interesting can't choice um, in terms of the, for the for the Devils, but also they did just lose taylor hall to a trade which by the way why is it he on this team that's another question why didn't uh taylor hall make the pacific division i get that he's only been there for a week but come on you you're not gonna have taylor hall especially considering he's in arizona this is a new market a good chance to showcase the coyotes a little bit uh with their new star acquisition yeah i think you gotta send you gotta send taylor hall there and they didn't and the which is ridiculous considering the coyotes are believer near the top of the Pacific division right now if they if not directly at the top of the Pacific right now it, it's it's they've really made some weird choices here. Uh Coyotes are two points behind. Uh Vegas for top and then and the they're only representative at starcy C Kemper, which is crazy in my opinion, that they didn't get more than just the one. Um Kyle Rare is an interesting call. Again, you're in a tough spot. I think I think the whole point is that it's you know, the league is getting younger and you gotta start sending guys who are their best days are ahead of them a little bit. Like Tyler Bertuzzi for Detroit is an interesting call but i at least applaud them for hey taking somebody sending somebody who's you know who somebody with a with a future with a little bit of a future ahead of them it's 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 a it's the right way to go about it if you are if you do have to send someone i like the idea of sending more rookies or close to rookies who, uh to these games because people want to see them and they might enjoy the experience a little more than say the older guys who at this point in the at this time of year like Alex Ovechkin for example who's not going they just want to they want to take the time to just spend it with their families and stuff they don't want to they don't want to be going out to these cities and doing these events anymore uh which is why I think it's better to maybe add a couple more young guns to these rosters so even with Tyler Bertuzzi what is a weird call when you have Dylan Larkin there who has struggled but I like I at least that's at least better than say going with like an old Jimmy Howard or something uh, for the Red Wings wrap, for the Red Wings wrap for this game. Um, I think the rest of the teams are pretty well stacked. Um, Eric Stahl's another good example of why. I, I don't get why Eric Stahl's here. Um, maybe he's leading the team in points. I still think that's weird. Um, it's, it's a weird call, for sure. Um, I look at the Pacific as, yeah, the most egregious of the teams where I'm like, oh, I don't know why why this guy's here this guy's here this guy's here like the big the the thing for me is that I can name you four guys who should be ahead of like say the likes of uh, Jakob Silverberg Anze Kopitar Mark Giordano and Flurry, like obviously two of them are Canucks, which are Hughes and Markstrom, who I think are both deserving. And yes, I get that I'm a little biased in that regard, but they've done really well and they've really carried the Canucks this season. Um, but the other ones are me again: are Taylor Hall, who I mentioned already, and um, and Pacioretty. Those four guys should be here. They shouldn't need to be doing the last. Uh, Taylor Hall's not even in the last man in competition, which is. Uh, Weird to me, as uh, the Coyotes' representative in that vote is Clayton Keller, who I think could also could make an argument should be on this list already. Anyway, um, but it, it doesn't make any sense to me that some of these guys are uh, aren't avail aren't going to this game for. There's 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 more reasons that they should be here, in my opinion. Um, as we, um, but uh, enough about all star stuff because at the end of the day, the all star. Um, The all-star voting doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I am annoyed that Jacob Markstrom's not going or didn't just get the immediate invite, but uh, at the end of the day, he did win something else this week and that was the lock and that was the crease cast player of the week which i'm gonna start doing from now on uh jacob markstrom congratulations first ever winner uh he had two wins last week uh made 76 saves on 80 shots and had a 950 save percentage in two games in, in those two games against um the oilers and the, oh man, I, why am I blanking on this name? Why am I blanking on the names right now? The Kings, the Kings, there you go. Uh, he played He played really well in the, he played really well last week. He was a big reason the Canucks, uh, you could argue, I wouldn't say the Canucks stole the win against LA, necessarily, because the Kings are the Kings. They're not that good. Um, but, They kind of did, they kind of had to. They did kind of have to go that way. Um, and it, they made it more difficult on themselves than they needed it to be uh, but Jacob Markstrom made 49 saves, his career high in saves in a single game um, and he was he was excellent, he was great uh, Markstrom has been such a rock over the last couple seasons that again, it's really hard to fathom the idea that, oh man, he might be gone at the end of the season, he might be on the trading block or he might he, uh, at the trade deadline, at the draft what have you, it, it's hard to, part of me Really was like I don't want the Canucks to trade him, even though I know at the end of the day it's probably for the best. Um, I just I'm I he's done, but for what he's done so far this year, it's been amazing, and it's great to watch him. It's been great watching him develop into the player that into the goaltender that he is. He's been absolutely stellar this season, and. You know, this wouldn't be a true goalie podcast if I wasn't giving the first ever Player of the Week award thing that I'm doing now. I'll come up with a better name for it later. To to the man himself, Jacob Marstrom, and I'm sure Thatcher Demko will earn it next week. No, I'm just no. My options are open. It can it can be a skater too. Um, because I mean, there were some there were some honorable mentions. Uh, this week for uh, for sure, even for uh, just talk especially because the Canucks have been doing so well. There's a lot of guys uh, who've been stepping up. Like Tanner Pearson had two goals against Calgary and. And uh, What's notable that I believe Thomas uh, Thomas Jones from the Athletic uh, mentioned this, but uh, between since uh, November 11th, uh, Tanner Pearson leads all Canucks in points. He has 21. Uh, he has 21 points in the team's last 22 games. Um, the only the the next two players behind him are Pedersen and Brock Besser. You that's 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 an elite company that you're playing with. Tanner Pearson has been a huge saving grace for this team and it's 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 amazing what a career boost he's gotten since he came to vancouver he's been a great player and a great uh contribution one of you know again i've talked about this before i've criticized jim benning for a lot of his decision making but this the the tanner pearson for eric and branson trade was one of his best was if not if not his best it it was it's been tanner pearson has been a great piece for this team and it's great uh, having him as that guy who can jump in between your second line and your third line and play on the second power play unit. Harmon Dale did a great um, uh, piece uh, on The Athletic as well about Tanner Pearson's um, uh, ret- return to, to s- return to uh, form in Vancouver. Uh, I will probably leave a link to that in the in the below because he's done really well and I like Tanner Pearson. I like the, this is exactly the kind of things that the Canucks need to be doing uh, more often than not. Is um, they, like the, they've talked about the guy, about adding those depth guys on cheaper deals and stuff. Tanner Pearson is exactly the type of player the Canucks need to be adding to those third and fourth lines. Maybe not at the the same price. I believe Tanner Pearson's making three million for another couple seasons, but just that idea. He Sander Pearson is making less, I believe, and I'm going to try and pull up cap friendly while we do this. Uh, is making less is making less than uh, Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter, and is contributing way more regularly than either of those two, and that's that's the that's what wins you championships it's those guys who are playing on the cheaper deals who are still finding ways to pick up points here and there like Tyler Mott's actually done a pretty good job of that and Tim Schaller to a surprising degree this this uh this in the last little stretch as well um it's it's those are the sorts of 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 low cost of low cost deals that are going to help you win the day at the end at win the day okay he's making more he is making more than uh than uh jay beagle at the moment he's making more than jay beagle by seven and a half million okay it's a little bit of a more expensive contract i'll take that back but he is younger and that is that is important he's only 20 tanner pearson's only 27 jay beagle's 34 and he's getting points like nobody's business those are the types of contracts that the canucks might want to look at a little bit more going forward. Also cheaper, but of course, keep it on the cheaper side where you can, please. Very, that that's pretty dang important as well. Um, another, uh, another guy who's really... St- uh, stood out this week has was Jake Vertanen, Six points in five games in the last five games for the Canucks. That's amazing. Vertanen, dude, the, the I don't I don't wanna say it's been it's kind of been a renaissance year for Jake Virtanen. He's gone from a guy who was, was um written off essentially by a lot of us, including myself for the most part. Um and he's come back and scored a lot of points this year. He's been playing he he hasn't obviously asking him to live up to the sixth overall potential is impossible and it's asking too much of Jake for Tannen, but living up to at least some of some of that potential is not to has not been too much for him he's done quite well over the last week, and if this is the norm for jake for Tannen, i'm really liking what i'm seeing he's made he's also he's made tyler myers into a bit of a scoring ace which is funny to see um with uh, some power play time he's done well there um, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, just in the way that he's he's playing a little he's playing he's playing a little harder. He's getting goal- He's getting confidence. You can see the confidence building in him as he goes, and that has been something that has uh, really he's really struggled with with over the last, over the last few seasons is just the, the confidence. Um, Travis Green seems to be showing the confidence as well, just in playing him more regularly. And especially in the absence of Josh Levo, Vertanen has stepped up and he's produced and the Canucks need... Those need those those guys to need guys like Vertanen to keep scoring at the way they at the pace they've been going. Vertanen's done well at that. He's and there was the one goal against Pittsburgh where he just hammered a one timer, and I just for a second, a couple of people were like, "This, where you just you you didn't expect that for you didn't expect the shotgun from shotgun Jake. You expect it was he he just ripped into that shot like I've never seen him do before, and it's it it's great to see him." playing at that all-time high in the confidence department, and you hope that this is the start of something better for him and the next step for Jake Vertanen to being uh, not just an, an, a, reg, an, a regular NHLer, but a guy who regular, who's a, a core piece of the depth for the Canucks going forward. Like, I see him being part of this future again, a little bit, not in the same regard, obviously, that he was at the beginning of his career, but to, but again, as a guy who, who, who plays the lower minutes and makes something happen with it. And that's, that's goes far, that ability. And though those talents go a long way to getting you to the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Um, and you know, I haven't watched, I will say, I didn't get the chance to watch the Canucks, uh, two games as Adam, as much as I would have liked to. I was doing some other stuff at the time. Both um, During both games, I was running a couple other jobs at the time. Um, but the Canucks, and the Canucks have looked a little bit iffy at times, especially giving up a lot of shots of late. That's been a little concerning. And the offense hasn't been coming as, um, they haven't been looking as stellar in their own end, which is concerning to say the least. But hey, five wins in a row is something the Canucks couldn't do last year I don't think couldn't do for couldn't do for regularly last season they've done it a couple times already this year so you have to you have to believe in this team uh, that at the very least they're finding ways to win games. They shouldn't. And that's those, those sometimes are, those are what separate. I think I've talked about this before. They separate the, the best teams are able to win games, even when they necess- when they probably shouldn't. Um, and the Canucks have done that for a couple nights in a row here. Hopefully they get back on track a little bit and put up a statement win against the, the likes of Chicago and New York coming up before they hit the road. Um, especially cuz Chicago beat them I believe the last time they played in Chicago. So it, it would be nice to see them come out and and you know and show that they're they're better than the wins that even the wins especially in defense that they've suggested over the last little bit. It'd be nice to see them go and really just take it to some teams that are definitely a step behind them uh development wise that's that's what i want to see from this canucks team going forward and then in the especially in these last two games before a nice big long road trip next week um and um if we're gonna and i think we're just gonna quickly run by the the world juniors i won't talk about it too much uh alex lafreniere who got hurt he will play in the quarterfinals uh against slovakia that's a question that's questionable call uh but yeah we'll see we'll we, uh, i i will say this i think uh the fact that he didn't need any sort of you know other that he didn't need anything sort of like injuries or crutches or anything it's obviously not too serious an injury it's definitely one of those plays that looked a lot worse than it ended up which is nice uh which is good for him especially uh more than anyone else forget even team canada it's good for him that he's not Uh, doesn't need any long, there's no long-term injuries effects there. Um, But, uh, yeah, Canada has a, I think Canada's got a good shot at um, I mean, Canada always has a good shot at the gold, but I think in this particular year, I think there's a little bit more of a risk to it. I think they're. I think if they get past Slovakia, uh, they run into some questions, especially if they run into Russia again, who just destroyed them in the f- in the round robin. Um, you you wonder if Canada can bounce back from that. Um, I think they, at the very least, can walk away here with a bron- with a bronze medal. Uh, but I think it really. Com- but obviously, it's really going to come down to uh, their competition in that semifinal if if they get past Slovakia, which I think they're more than capable of. Um, also today, the Winter Classic happened. Um, the Stars won four to two in in the Cotton Bowl in the front of eighty thousand people, and I gotta say, the atmosphere looked so fun for that game. Like this is one of those Winter Classics. You know how it is with the the outdoor games. Some of them, you're like, it looks okay, it looks fine. It's not exact, but it's not exactly a matchup I would. Uh, or a game I would pay money to go see, uh, but this for me this was one of those games where I was like, this is this is a game I would want to go to. This is an outdoor game that I'd be willing to foot the bill for uh to go witness and the the stars and predators fans did they showed up in droves they sold out the building it was a great atmosphere and it's great to see markets that are considered non-traditional just showing up in droves for an event like this especially and and i will say this tennessee uh from what i understand tennessee and texas are states that are event they they they're event cities so people like we're if you're hosting a major event they will come it's uh, vancouver is like that too vancouver is a, is a town that's not necessarily obviously dallas has is a sports town for sure as well but vancouver but uh when it comes to events they know how to do it properly, and and they they and they'll show up and they'll get into it, and that's something that the, the the Winter Classic is an event. At the end of the day, it's a marquee event for the NHL, and they showed up and they put and the teams put on a great show. Uh, Corey Perry, uh, uh, took out Ryan Ellis in the first, like, two minutes of the game and had to do the long walk of shame back to the, um, press bot, back to the locker room. That was, that was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, And then the, and then the edits coming out after with, like, different music was pretty, pretty dang funny. I got a good kick out of that. Um... Uh, but yeah, I think there is questions around. There's questions around the Predators. Obviously, they blew a two nothing lead, gave up four unanswered. Uh, people have been talking about how Pecorino hasn't been at the top of his game, and that's that's understandable. But also at the same time, the the Predators defense was porous today. Uh, yes, they lost Ryan Ellis very early in that game to the Corey Perry elbow, but still, there is a lot to be concerned about regarding nashville and whether uh with especially in their their play in their own end and you have to wonder at what point uh this becomes a coaching issue this is a coach's problem um dallas is turning things around ever so slowly um after the whole jim montgomery thing happened um it's it's uh it's good to see rick bonus having some success uh especially after he struggled he's he's had some tough goes as a head coach in his career Ottawa being the biggest, of course. Um, And, you know, he, he was part of a good uh, coaching staff under Ellen Vigneault here in Vancouver. So obviously he holds a special place in our hearts in a little, in a small way. Uh, so it's nice to see him finding some uh, some some success with the stars right now, um, and you know for Dallas, Dallas is one of those teams that you know it's better to have them in the playoffs than out. Uh, Nashville, you could say the same thing. Um, so it's good to see them playing up to their abilities again and doing it on a big stage like uh, like the Cotton Bowl. Um, and um, it was a fun, it was a very fun game to watch. It was entertaining from beginning to end, even with the lack of shots in the early going, a lot of hitting going on it was entertaining it was good hockey and it was fun and it was enjoyable and uh it's moments like that that keep the winter classic alive like sometimes those games can get a little stale that one was not the case that was a game that you know revives the magic just a little bit especially with the i love the piglet races they had going on uh during the game and the different like country style stuff they had um uh themed around the building um the pig races were very fun. Gabriel Landis Hog was a winner. Was a big winner today. <laughs> um and with that in mind, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Um uh what are your uh, new Here, I guess my question for this episode is what are your is what are your New Year's resolutions? Feel free to leave a comment uh under this video or video uh, podcast wherever you find this episode. Um, and with that, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap things up. Uh, I'm locking the crease. Uh, you can find my stuff at fear the fin for the next couple months. Then that'll be it for us at fear the fin. Unfortunately, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but essentially, uh, SB nation is changing the way they do contributions from California websites, uh, due to a new law in California. Um, luckily, uh, and so they cut bait, they cut all their, uh, they're cutting everyone who's under a, contr- a, con- a a contributor contract in California, including myself. Um, I'm fortunate that I moved to Vancouver because if say I was a, if I was still located in California, it'd be a lot, it'd be hard. I wouldn't be able to work at any SB nation sites, not just the California ones. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be okay uh regard uh from you know it wasn't it, it was a, it was some income i lose income but it's not as much as you know it's not as big a deal to me because i'm living in canada and i can still apply at different websites and pl- work at different places um, that because I'm not situated in California anymore um, the real the people who this is toughest for especially because uh, are the people who I work with I fear the fin the guys who live in California who love the sharks and this was their outlet to work and I feel really bad for them that they're losing their you know, that they're losing their their space and they're losing a little bit of that income that they get from talking about their their teams every month. Um, And it sucks, it really does suck for them. And I hope SB Nation finds a way to make this more fair for those people, because this really sucks for those contributors who really who either don't have the time to take on a full time job as a writer, or don't have the or you know they just don't have the this they don't have the ability to go there or do that sort of thing because uh, it's not for everybody. It's not a full time job is great for the people who can take it, but it's not good for the people who don't have that kind of time to put in that sort of um, effort because it's not it just isn't there for some. people people um and so you know if you can help out those california writers uh in in any way if you have any ideas just try and reach out because you know it's it's going to be really tough for them to find work for the next little while until the contrib- the contributor stuff is sorted out and uh look, sites in those areas start finding ways to hire them properly and um but yeah i will be fine uh, but if you do want to help uh with uh helping with the pay the bills and stuff, uh, check out my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Hawk in the crease. You get four bonus episodes of this show every every month from doing this. So from four to eight, that's a good deal for only three bucks a month. That's a good, it's a good deal. If you like the show and you like supporting what I do um, at my various websites, like fear the fin and daily hive offside, I have some cool stuff coming out there soon. Um, and so, yeah, keep that in mind or, uh, and yeah, thank you so much for, for listening. And I hope your 2020 is better than any year past because the future should be bright, shouldn't it, right? Yeah, the future is bright. Let's leave on that note. Take care, everybody.